Welcome to the Off Leash Podcast with Dr. Pete. I am Dr. Pete, and we're glad you joined us for today's show. Remember, we're not here to say what you want us to say, but we're here to be an advocate for your pet. joined today with Ben. He is our operations management guy for Voyager Dog Food. Say hi, Ben. Well, hello, everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, Thank you guys for having me on today. And I am Molly, Pete's daughter. (laughs) And we are presenting Off Leash podcast by Voyager Dog Food. First thing that we're going to get into is Old Dog's New Tricks which is where Dr. Pete um, explains as a practicing veterinarian how he learns something new every single week. Sure. How old are you again? 74. Learn something new every every week. Well, we're going to talk today about uh, one of your dogs uh, named Rip. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rip was a dog, uh, I think he was seven, eight months of age, and he started to develop a lameness in the um, right front, I believe. And uh, <clears throat> we put him on meds, put him on a little carprofen or something like that, and he continued to limp. So then we decided what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to go ahead and um, take some x-rays. So we ran down to the veterinary hospital, took a few x-rays, uh, one of the elbow, one of the shoulder, one of the long bones, and uh, in the humerus, which is this 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 uh, part of the upper arm, and a uh, pretty meaty part of the upper arm, and uh, what we did, we um, and what I did do is I is what I didn't do uh, is I've learned when I look at X-rays to look at the entire X-ray. In other words, um, if I'm taking a picture of the abdomen, I look at the if I'm looking for intervertebral disc, you know, like the disc in the back. What I start by doing is I start by looking at everything, like the urinary bladder. Um, I look at the uh, liver, the kidneys, uh, the intestinal tract, that sort of thing. We're kind of trying to look and find a all the sort of stuff that's going on there. And uh, so this dog, I, I looked at the shoulder to see if he had uh, OCD, which is a pretty common ailment with young Labrador retrievers. And we didn't see any OCD lesions. So then we looked down farther, looking at the humerus to see if there was uh, eopan, eo, eosinophilic panosteitis, which is oh gosh. which is uh, growing is it, pains. That's what that is. It's growing pains. How often do you see growing pains in dogs? Uh, you know, big dogs, like not in chihuahuas, but in big dogs, uh, they grow f- quickly. See, and I don't really, I mean, my dogs are big, but they're not like German well, Shepherd big or well, this Great Dane big. This one had some length. So when you see really long bones, you see it in kids, typically you see it in a kid in eighth or ninth grade when he's really going, he or she really growing quickly and you'll see growing pains and, uh, and they're detectable with an x-ray. And I didn't see anything in the that. So then I moved down to the elbow and looked for a coronoid process, and I didn't see that either. And uh, so, you know, we kept frogging around with this dog, and, and uh, kept, he get, it was getting worse. And so I decided, well, we should probably take this dog up to somebody who has a CT, CT scan, and we should take a look at that whole leg. Now, what exactly is a CT scan? Um, you know, it's one of those things where you fit them in a tube, and, and you take a picture of a... A little chopped up pictures, images like that, mm-hmm. and um, and it shows it all the way through the bone, not just. No, it shows you all the way through the bone. You only it's a it's, a, it's only two dimensional though. You can only see this part uh, of the bone, yep. this part of the bone, this part of the bone, this part of the bone. And much you, different than an X-ray. When you get, yeah, much much different than an X-ray. And uh, and the guy, the veterinarian there, says, "Well, you know, you you had a rule out as eopan that growing pains thing." And I said, "Yeah, I did, but I couldn't see it." I, and he he says, "Well, normally you see it in the humerus." I said, "Well, that's where I looked." He says, "Well, you look at this X-ray right here that you sent me. It's in the it's in, not in the elbow, but it's in the ulna, which is that hooked hook bone that goes into the lower part of the humerus." And uh, I looked at him like, "Oh my gosh, it's sitting right there!" And I just didn't, I didn't, uh, didn't think yeah, to look there. I, I ate my dessert first. I didn't get to have the rest of the meal, and so that's what <laughs> I did. I didn't, I didn't really uh, look at the whole thing because it was standing right there looking at you. I don't know. That in my lifetime I've ever really diagnosed uh, growing pains or eopan in the ulna before, but that's what this dog. In fact, the guy made a joke about it. He says, it "Looks like your dog is starting to grow a, another ulna." In other words, the the periosteum, the covering over the bone, was mm-hmm. really really thick, and and uh, and I'm sure it was really really painful. So the minute he 
uh, went outside and ran and did things like that. It became sore. Yeah. He may not have been too bad when he got up first thing in the morning because I almost imagine sometimes in the morning he wasn't all that bad. No, he wasn't. It was just, it was random throughout the day. He just started limping. Yep. Yep. So, anyway, so what's the treatment for Eopan? Um, uh, we used to a refer steroid? to it. No, well, not a steroid, a non steroidal. Actually, the, the best treatment for him is uh, TLN, which is tender loving neglect. <laughs> which means you don't do anything. So you don't do anything. You put them on pain meds. Yeah. And uh, sometimes uh, carprofen, maybe Prevacox, maybe you even add in some uh, gabapentin mm-hmm. and those sorts of things until you until you control the pain and then just wait for your watch to go around a few times and they get better, which is what he did. That's and that wild. was, yeah, yeah, that was wild. And, uh, but, you know, I walked in and I, I uh, told one of the other veterinarians that looked at that film with me, you know, a week prior and, Two weeks prior, or something like that. Anyway, and I, he, I said, "Do you see that? Right? Do you see any of your pan here? Nope, don't see any of your pan." But he was because they wouldn't think to look he there was, either. Yeah, he was eating his dessert <laughs> first too, so you have to look at everything. Now, so was I, that just because the X-ray was only so big? Well, Did it, it only cut had, out the ulna. Yeah, it had uh, maybe a third of the ulna in it, but you could see it. It was obvious. You could see once, it. In, okay. Yeah, once you looked at it, and the guy goes, "Well, you had a, you you diagnosed it, and uh, you had the right diagnosis. You just didn't, and that's what I had as my rule out. That's what they call them, a rule mm-hmm. out." My rule out was Eopan. That's what he had. But I spent a lot of money getting a CT scan just to uh, prove I knew what I was talking about when I started. So, and this dog had a full recovery uh, with another family now and doing really good. And so I'm happy for the dog. And I yeah. really am. And uh, and I learned a little something. And now when I look at those x-rays, I look a little farther down the line. Nice. And that's what I got to do. Yeah, that's amazing that you still, that even though you diagnose that quite often, you just don't look in the exact yeah, place. Yeah, it's a very humbling profession. You know, about yeah. the time you think you're pretty smart, you you're ain't. Not, you <laughs> ain't. So it's a, and uh, about the time you get all, um, you, you got your, you're all blustered out and you got your puffing your chest out that you figured a few things out. And uh, somebody upstairs decides they're going to throw you eight or nine curveballs in the next week. And so you get eight or nine curveballs. And uh, and you have to you know you they're pitching to you so you gotta you gotta stand yep. in there and sw- and uh, swing, swing away yep yep well we're gonna go into our next uh, segment which is Canine Chronicles which is news in the dog world or dog food world and I actually kind of want to get into a little bit of a controversial topic lately I have been to a few trade shows lately where a lot of people are coming up and talking to me about the recall of Victor Pet Food. Yep. You both are looking at No, me. we're pretty <laughs> we're pretty aware of what's going on and uh, and and of course we're not in their building so we don't know exactly how this transpired but we have we I think we can probably draw some conclusions and uh Molly you like to fish is that right? I do. So you know Ben what, likes to fish as well. So you know what catch and release is. Yep, I so, do. Uh, we know all know what catch and release is. Now what 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 we have at at Voyagers we have uh uh, we have test and release, so we make our food, and it sits in the plant in which it was made until it's tested for microbiology. Right. And uh, once a micro report comes back, then we're allowed to send a truck over to pick it up, or mm-hmm. two trucks, or three trucks, or whatever. So that's that's uh, we haven't had any problems like that, and I doubt we'll ever have any problems like that because what we're doing is we're testing our products uh, before they leave the building, and then that way, and I get that too because we've been a little short on product from time to time, and then you, you wish. You wish the day they made it that you'd have it the next day, but you don't, right. and it's and it's for safety reason, and uh, and you're wondering, well, what's the worst that could happen to the dog? And I said, well, you know, some of them get really sick if they get that stuff, and you can have death. And then then the other thing you have to remember is that, you know, a lot of times people are picking that food up with their hands and setting it in the dog bowl, yeah. or 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 they take their hands and put it onto stuff. And if somebody's on, if somebody's like, you know, cancer treatment, or maybe had an organ transplant. And they're on immunosuppressive drugs. A susceptible immune system. Yeah, so yeah. you you turn the immune system off, and then and then you let some bug get in them, um, and you know most of us don't touch dog food and then lick our fingers when we get done. But but well, know, if you have kids, or, right? Well, that, yeah, that's right. what happened with the Victor situation. Supposedly there were some kids that were playing with the dog food, or either if they ate some, or if they were feeding their dog. Oh, I know so many kids that go and reach into the dog food a- bin a- and feed absolutely. their dog. Absolutely, we actually had a customer call on the other day that they're calling to make sure our food was safe because their little daughter who's one or two years old was crawling around on the ground and ate a handful of the food and supposedly the kid oh, liked no. it a lot too but we, they were just calling to make sure everything was going to be all right but that's what we had seen with um victor situation as well as past that 
sometimes even if the kids get it and if there is a salmonella issue or any other kind of bacterial issue that can make the kids really sick as well yeah so you you're the one that does most of the testing for this i mean you send in the bags to get tested what what necessarily do you look for well, so essentially when, um, before our food even leaves the plant, they take a test out of each lot of food. So if it's made in a couple different batches, each batch is going to get tested to make sure that there's nothing that could harm the dog, no toxins, no bacteria at all. So once we finally get that, it's usually about a, I would say a two to three day process for the full testing. So as soon as we get that cleared, then like Dr. Pete had said, we, we send our trucks in, we pick up the food and then we bring it back to our warehouse here and then start shipping it all out. And do we do a second run of testing? We, so we do. Also, um, we use a third-party system that tests our food just to make sure what we're saying is in it, especially for the copper levels, making sure of our vitamins and minerals are meeting specs, as well as our protein and fat levels. Mm -hmm. So we do that as well, just to ensure that what went into the diet before it was um, manufactured is the exact same thing that we're sending out in every bag to our customers. Yeah, because I think when I was talking to some of the clients at the trade show, they said that the food was recalled since April. And I was like, that's a long time. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. And like I said, we weren't in their building. And so I don't really know. And I feel bad for them because, you know, they're, they're and I'm sure they're feeling bad for themselves also. But, uh, you know, they went ahead and sent this sent this stuff out and now they got to backtrack. And once it's in the once it's in the public domain, you know, once it's out there in the stores or in their houses, um, you know, it's hard to get back. So really hard. just so that I know, is it regulation that you have to test your food before you send it out into shelves? You know, I, I'm not 100% sure if it is. I mean, obviously, in this situation, it, it must not be a regulation. I know in our um, with our partnership with our manufacturer, this is a deal that we do it before it even leaves to both protect every dog that we could possibly send to, but it keeps the, you know, the plant safe so mm -hmm. they don't have any issues, and then it keeps us safe as well. Like Dr. Pete said, you know, sometimes it would be really nice to get that food in our warehouse a couple of days earlier, but at the end of the day, all we want to do is protect and help as many dogs as possible. So this is just one step to doing that. Yeah. I wonder if... Uh, do do they get their food co-package, Victor? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think that they. I think there's a, a company that makes it for them, and it may be um, Victor may be doing business as whatever the name of that company yeah, is. Yeah, because I know around the time <coughs> that me. Victor uh, had their recall, I know a couple other companies had uh, recalls on their food. But I wonder if if it was related to co-packaging at the same location. Well, usually when you see these kind of issues take place, it's something to do with the ingredients. It's not really the... Is it normally a single ingredient? It could be. It could be a multitude of things. It could be an issue with the manufacturing line. Um, we've seen some cases in the past where, or heard about stories that, you know, even a simple leak in, a, in the pipes or something like that could spring these issues. So it's not necessarily going to be anybody's fault in particular. That's why we just try to put all these steps in place to protect it as best we can. Yeah. That's always a good thing. You know what? Our domain name was safedogfood.com. Oh, I mean, yeah, for our old. Our old bird. one, yeah, for old one. But you can still get to our, our website uh, with with safedogfood.com. And and uh, quite frankly, we were always amazed that that was available to us, you know, in this day and age that somebody hadn't snagged that up. Yeah. Uh, but we snagged it. And, uh, and a few I don't think people care about having safe dog food. Well, or at least advertising it as safe dog food. Yeah. It's... I feel like nowadays the big marketing push is like the wolves running through the forest. Yeah. I don't know. That strikes that strikes people's interest for Well, that's what everybody needs to know. You cannot get your information <laughs> on dog food by watching ads on TV. Um, and I don't care what it is, if it's uh, flea and tick products, if it's heartworm preventative, if it's dog food, if it's treats, whatever it is. Um, just remember that uh, somebody that went to advertising school and maybe even has a uh, um, a master's in, in advertising is, is trying to sometimes fool the general public. And so, yeah. and, and we're not really, and, I, and that's what I'm really proud of our group. We're not really trying to, we're not really trying to, um, pull the wool over anybody's eyes. We're just trying to provide a really good safe yeah. food. And we saw things that were wrong and fixed it. So, well, Ben and I went to school together and I don't know if you remember this or not, what they taught us about greenwashing. Mm -hmm. in products absolutely which is basically where they th they slap an ingredient your wife is very guilty of buying this mm -hmm. by the way um they you go to the store and it says what it, all natural organic mm -hmm. or not even organic they use specific words to make it sound like it's healthier than, than it what really it really is was, yeah. and it's literally just wordsmithing some bullshit on a label just to say that it's 
better than it actually is to charge a few extra dollars oh yeah and there's a number of things just like that in the pet food world and especially in the dog food world where people are doing those same things they're making something sound completely different than what it is and a lot of times the consumer and especially the dog they never really know what they're getting Mm -hmm. they're sold essentially a bunch of lies yeah because we had a professor in college that actually said bring in a product that you've bought based on like something that it said on the packaging and i remember he went around and debunked all these products that said like sourced organically or blah, blah, blah. And he's like, they're sourced from the same spot. And sure. just the marketing you know, that they put on packages to fool people. And I've, I've definitely been uh, a victim of that through dog treats that I've bought that sure. I definitely thought were healthy. And then I show you the treat ingredients and you're like, oh, hell no. Well, we see these, we see these treats all the time where somebody comes in and says, well, I'm feeding this to my dog. Um, I know my dog has ear infections and hot spots and stuff, but I didn't see any uh, any of the things you don't like in here. And they said, well, what's this word right here? And they go, whey, W-H-E-Y, whey. I said, that's milk protein. Yep. And they're like, really? I said, that's exactly what it is. That's so like you, in protein powder, yeah, yeah. whey, whey protein. Yeah, yeah, whey protein. But people, right. don't, people don't realize. Right. No. I, d- I didn't realize that. I remember I bought um, treats for my dog and it had whey. And I think I brought it home to you and... You read the ingredients and you said, "Come on, Molly." Yeah, you know, you I know felt, better than that. I, I felt bad. Some one time, somebody, um, somebody was visiting our house and they brought, I think, some treats for your dogs and they had they did whey, they had whey in them and I'm like, uh, you know, and I don't know enough to keep my mouth shut and, and my thing is like, oh, there's <laughs> stuff, there's stuff in here as a general rule we don't feed our dogs. I mean, I, I can't remember whether we fed them up. We probably did, and and um, I'm Dutch, so I'm not really wanting to throw much away, but but. Um, but and they were and they were good too and it was well intentioned what this this gentleman did, uh, but boy you know I mean you just have to, uh, you know we're talking about this you know it's like fishing we talked about fishing a little bit you know you walk down the pier and it's like what are they hitting today what are they hitting today and that's mm-hmm. the way that's the way the dog food and, and pet treat world is you know what are they hitting today what are they what are they nibbling on what'd you catch all these people on mm-hmm. you know and uh, the new trends in the dog food world you know I've heard the new trend is lately kangaroo protein. Yeah, oh, it's a unique. And what you, you have what? to get it out of Australia, and it's what happens is you're not. So do you know how this all works? No. What what happens is usually if you're going to develop a food allergy, you develop in that first 15 months of age, and if you haven't developed it by then, um, that window kind of closes for most dogs. But a lot of them, a lot of these people are feeding everything on the table. So the dog's allergic to lamb. It's allergic to milk whey. It's allergic to, to you know whatever wheat. Uh, gluten, and those sorts of things. So then when they get on the other side of the 15 months, now they got to figure out what they can feed their dog that's not going to really cause them to react. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the companies will start uh, making unique proteins. So these are really novel-type proteins. So you get a novel protein and maybe an ancient grain, and you put them all together, and you charge people up to 90 for it. And uh, Because, uh, quite frankly, it's expensive for ostrich or, mm-hmm. or kangaroo or any of those weird things. Well, it's, yeah. even, it's even like the meeting we had a few weeks back where it was uh, brought to our attention of another very similar thing there, but bug larva protein, the yeah. same idea. What? Yeah. Absolutely, that there's yeah. people trying to bring these to our attention if we what would be interested. What kind of bugs? Um, fly, fly, yeah, fly, larva, yeah. fly You know what they do? They, here's what they do. <laughs> what? And, and we may make a food that has this in someday. I will have to wait and see. But what they do is they feed, uh, you know, they um, they extract corn and they have a byproduct left after making ethanol. Yeah. And then what they do is they take that stuff and they feed the flies that, and that's and they convert that to larvae, which are quite frankly protein. And and since the uh, since the dog hadn't eaten much fly protein, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, he didn't go out to uh, Applebee's and have maggots for dinner last night. So they and take that home and, and give it to the dog and desensitize him to that or sensitize him to that, I should say. Uh, so what really happens is you're just going to see um, uh, more and more novel things come along. Yeah. Well, I have never heard of bug protein. Yep. Well, that it's, is, it's I mean, new, it it's is. a new thing. It's a new thing. And if I think if you go to the, you go to the pet store, and I think you can go to the grocery store, but I think if you go to the pet store, you'll find that in some of the stuff. Yeah. Well, all right. We're going to go to our next segment, which is the client report from Ben, oh, where we talk about, well, Ben, obviously you get a lot of emails from customers Absolutely. of ours. So we have emails from time to time where people just send us wonderful stories about how 
our food has helped their dog or how it's uh, impacted their lives. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah, absolutely. So this was one that we just got probably within the last week or so. And uh, it's a customer that's been on the food for, it sounded like just about a year or so. They're feeding their farm chicken diet. So the email was, I'm sitting here thinking of what I am thankful for as the end of the year approaches. And one of the many things that stands out is finding out about your company and dog food. Our five-year-old German Shepherd has been dealing with some extremely elevated liver enzyme levels, and the local vet hasn't been able to figure it out. They said if this continues, we need to take more action and basically go somewhere to find out if she has copper storage disease or something else. Being the crazy dog mom I am, I spiraled and researched everything. I found an article from Cornell University that mentioned your dog food. I decided to give it a shot just as a precaution. After st- starting both dogs on your food in August, we just received only slightly above normal results from her most recent blood test. My veterinarian asked what I had changed. I said I started her on your food. She was blown away. If this keeps up, she wants to get in touch and potentially suggest it to all of her patients with liver problems. So that was the one we just got. Um obviously a really happy customer and i guess i was wrong they're starting the food in august so really just a couple months and seeing those enzymes drop right back down and this is ultimately we get a couple of these emails are very similar to this every week Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of customers they see that high alt in their blood work and the the vets don't really know how to diagnose it i know yeah they have we have a liver drugs denimer and ursodial we do all those things and and then uh, some of it's, you know, it can be liver injury. And if you have a liver injury, you know, it's like any injury, it'll probably heal. But a lot of them are not injuries. And uh, a lot of them are these chronic cases like this. And typically you see your ALT, ALT it's a uh, transaminase. It's like uh, leaking out of the hepatocytes or the liver cells. Mm-hmm. It's leaking out. So you look at that and then you start getting the copper out of the liver and the liver starts uh, telling you that it's not as angry as it used to be. Um, you know, most of us mellow with age <laughs> and, uh, so do, so do the livers when they don't have that stuff in there. And I think that the secret here is, uh, and what we really think needs to happen is anybody who has high liver enzymes should probably feed our food in my estimation. Um, but I think that most important thing would be if you prevented this to begin with, in other words, you just fed this to the, uh, honestly, I, I think it should be fed to all dogs. I mean, I think uh, restricted copper diet should be fed to all dogs because we're seeing it not in only just labs and Dalmatians and Dobermans. We're seeing it in Chihuahuas. Yeah, and the biopsy uh, is really hard to do. It's hard on the dog. And it's well, expensive as well. Yeah. Like even what you're saying, I mean, this is a German Shepherd, which is not a dog that's predisposed, and it's a dog that's five years old. I think a lot of times people think that these are going to be cases where the dog's are slightly older or it's been getting this buildup. But in this case, a five-year-old dog, I mean, they're, they're obviously have caught it early enough where just a simple diet change is going to prolong this dog's life and get those liver enzymes back down where there's no reason that this dog can't live for another five, six, seven years. Yeah, right. exactly. Well, that's what we see. We see, and, and I'm, they did this in the purest way without using D-Pen. And if you're able to do it without using the chelating agent called D-Penicillamine. Which is hard on dogs, right? Which is hard on dogs, in my estimation it is, especially at the dosage that's in our formularies. Um, Why do you think that some vets overdose it? You know, I think it. I don't think they overdose it. I think it's it's taken right out of the book. So they're doing exactly the way the book says to do it. But you know, typically what we've done with our patients is we cut the dose in half, and then get get on the right food, and and then just take it out slowly. Um, we had a family dog that we did this to ourselves, and uh, my dog Sage. Yeah, well, I, I was thinking about Cookie. Oh yeah. Yeah, Cookie and. Uh, we got a lot of it out of Cookie's uh, liver, but by the time she had enough inflammatory changes, she had cirrhosis. And uh, it's like cirrhosis. Uh, sometimes it's reversible. Most of the time it's not. So so that's what happens here is, is it, this happens over a long period of time. And uh, it, and sometimes these dogs just, you know, they they were five, now they're seven, and you're thinking, well, he's just getting older. Well, he was getting older, but that's not why he was losing weight or why he vomited or, or why he had yellow gums or all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah so... So, yeah, it's not a bad idea for anybody, anybody in the audience to, you know, every once in a while have, you know, you have your heartworm check. You can actually usually have a expanded heartworm check, which would include Lyme, some of those uh, tick-borne diseases, a complete blood cell count, which is more popularly known as the CBC, and then a few serum chemistries, which almost all include the ALT. And uh, if they come back and... Uh, and I think that's the thing that we're the most disturbed about, or at least I'm the most disturbed about as a veterinarian, because the ALT comes back and it's like 180. Well, it's supposed to be 125 or below. And then what happens? Uh, we check it in another three months, and it's 210. Now you got to figure out, you're giving them drugs, and it's going the wrong way. you got to figure something out. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? This client right here, 
the one the one Ben's talking about. It looks like she went out in the she she just talked about herself being maybe a little over the top for figuring stuff out. She went out and figured it out. Yeah. And then and then probably took the impetus herself to have the have the livery test and she's she's happy as hell. Yeah. I see a lot of clients that find out about us on their own accord, not throughout through their vet. Right. No, absolutely. It does seem like the copper storage disease as a whole is still a pretty unknown issue or even mm -hmm. most people won't, aren't really going to diagnose it without that biopsy. So to be able to see and see that ALT number starting to creep up and being able to make a change and looking for an option that can help it, you know, almost on its own without really much other help from the veterinarian or any medications. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know what the important part here is? Uh, here's the important part. I think that if, if you figure out your dog had CSD, uh, copper storage disease. I think what you need to do is you need to share that with your veterinarian. And that, and that's really sometimes how I learn a lot of stuff is that clients come back in and said, you know, this didn't help and that didn't help. But when you did these two things together, that when you changed over this, it was like night and day difference. Mm -hmm. And and so that's what I have to. So I got to go back and look at the records and see what I did, what I thought. Uh, why why did this new uh, treatment work so much better than the other one? And then And then uh, I need to thank the client for helping me learn something, and yeah. I think that's a big part of this. And I think, uh, you know, and I, I'm not saying you got to take a, a bag of our food and and, and uh, give it to your veterinarian and say this is this is what this was the magic stuff, man. But sometimes it is the magic stuff, mm -hmm. right? And we'll, we see that all the time too. That you know, a client will go back to their veterinarian and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, or even in the email here where it says veterinarian so happy with it, so surprised by it, didn't know about it. I mean, that's been the biggest growth for our business too because at the end of the day, all we really want to do is help educate as many people as we can as well as provide a product that can help prevent and fix a problem when it's when it's there. I feel like a lot of veterinarians now are just starting to understand the concept of copper storage disease because yep. when we when was that trade show that we went to, the veterinary expo? That was like three or four years ago. And I had... Maybe three veterinarians. The internist, the internist knew about it, but not the general public. Yeah, and you know, and 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 I get it. You know, you watch an infomercial, and it's like, is this guy nuts, or is this really, is this really true? Well, mm -hmm. I and on the TV thing, I couldn't tell you whether they're nuts or whether they're not nuts, but I can tell you about this that we that we know what happens here, and yeah. we get these we get these things all the time. I mean, these these uh, effusive letters from people that say you're. That's a hell of a dog food you made. And well, why do you think vets have a hard time I don't understanding know. it? Well, you know, it's it, well. Here's what happens: there's 20 cases of, let's say, I'm in this county right here in Michigan, and there's 20 cases of copper storage disease right now. Only one of them's going to get diagnosed because only one of them has three or four thousand dollars to have the liver biopsy done. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is just going to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Do you think a lot of veterinarians are willingly opening, like offering the liver biopsy? Listen, uh, I think they're offering it, but I think. The problem is you, you could say, listen, we'll do a biopsy for four grand. Will that four grand guarantee that my dog will get better? No, it will not. It yeah. will not guarantee it. But you, but I, I certainly, you know, uh, you know, and I, you know, what I've done all my life, pretty much, when clients okayed blood work or they okayed this or okayed their next ray or whatever, I'm like, hey, th that was a good idea. Here's getting the X-ray and the blood work. I mean, uh, otherwise, I couldn't have figured this out if you hadn't told me to do this. And mm -hmm. I think that's the part that we have problems with is, is uh, telling clients, hey, listen, if it wasn't for you, man, uh, doing the biopsy, we wouldn't have figured this out. You know, two thumbs up for you. <laughs> and and we probably don't do that enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, But uh, there, there's a lot of internists, almost all the internists know about this because they get the chronic ones yeah. for the people who can afford to see them. We're going down to the Florida Expo, the Florida Veterinary uh, Expo. VMAX. In a couple of weeks. So I'm interested to see how veterinarians react to copper storage disease now that there's been a few more articles released and it's yes. a little bit more public knowledge. Yep. Well, a lot of them read all their journals and a lot of them don't. And mm -hmm. so and you'll get what you get, you know, but nobody wants to really be left behind. They'd like no. to be up to date on everything. And and so if there's any veterinarians watching this thing, uh, uh, you may not be seeing copper storage disease, but believe me, it is seeing you. I agree. And, mm -hmm. uh, and most of the people that come to you, they don't want a dog. They want that, that dog, dog. <laughs> that dog right there. That's the dog they want to save. So we're obligated to do what we can do. And and listen, uh, our, our family dog died of copper storage disease, and it may be mad, which is why you're sitting here looking at me today. Otherwise, you wouldn't be. Exactly. Well, we're going to take a little bit lighter note and move on to some rock and roll history, which Dr. P is very passionate about. And I believe earlier you were telling me about Junior Walker. Yeah, we have a 
years ago, and I, Junior Walker's been deceased for a while, but... Um, Who is Junior he, Walker? Well, he was uh, on Motown. He did a song called uh, uh, Shotgun. What's In fact, that sound like? Uh, do you ever see that um, uh, James Conn movie where where they had the pig in the house and that sort of stuff or not. No. Yeah. Ben? Misery. <laughs> Misery. Misery. That's that's a, that's a song that's played on the, in Misery as they open the thing. He just completes the book and he's Shotgun? driving. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shotgun. And uh, he had a ton of stuff. What was his What was his time period that he was popular? Uh, he was popular from probably 65 to uh, 80, 85, okay. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And he was a, he was a client of ours. And uh, although I didn't know he was a client of ours, and he lived in Battle Creek. Oh, he lived in Battle Creek. That's oh. right, where we live. And um, I, I have a little window in my exam room, and I was in there looking at a guy's dog, and the guy we were talking about his dog and everything, and the guy looked at me and says, "Hey, I see you got Junior Walker out in the out in the uh, waiting room today." And we were in a very big practice. We only had I think one person in the waiting room, <clears throat> so I I uh, I said, oh, "That's Mr. Dewalt." I don't see. I don't even know what Junior Walker looks like. He said, what do you do now? Because that's him. That's Junior Walker. And I'm like, seriously? He goes, yeah, seriously. Did you know the songs at the time? Oh, yeah, sure. Yep. And I knew he lived in town. In fact, uh, he had bandmates that used to come in. They just knew he was in town, but didn't know what his real name was. His name was Charles DeWalt. And uh, hmm. I said, that's Mr. DeWalt out there. And so Mr. DeWalt brought his, he had beagles, hunting beagles, and he, he brought his beagle in. Really? He said, hey, listen, this guy just told me you're, you're uh, Junior Walker. Is that right? And he goes, Yep, that's the extent of this conversation. Yep. <laughs> he said, "I don't want to yep. talk about it." They, well, you well, you could tell he didn't want to talk. We just want to talk about his talk. I don't blame him. He was paying for an opinion, not to talk about his his life as a rock and roll musician. And of course, he was with Motown, which is just down the street from us. But anyway, yeah, he came in, and and then I was in. I was at the um, Western States Veterinary Conference. One year, and uh, Sharon and I were walking through that. Where is thing that in in Las Vegas? Las Vegas. Okay. And he was playing in the lounge, and I walked by, and I'm like, "Oh my God, look at Sharon! That's that's one of my clients, Mr. Dewalt." About that time, he saw me and waved to me, and I, and how he picked me out of a crowd in Las Vegas and walking by, I don't know, that's but funny. but he did, and uh, and and we would play a little blackjack, and the people in the 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 dealers had little stories about him and stuff like that because apparently they go back and take breaks together and stuff. So anyway, it was a fun conversation, Mr. DeWalt, and he died of cancer. Uh, he's buried right here in Battle Creek, and uh, but really? he was he was really quite a uh, quite a talent. Uh, but that's probably the only famous musician I've ever had for a client. Yeah, that's wild. Yep. <laughs> well, we are going to go to our next segment, which is information and peace of mind, which is what you sell as a veterinarian. Yeah, I didn't Correct. know that for the first few years of it. I thought I sold heartworm preventative and <laughs> flea pills and vaccines and stuff, but we sell information to peace of mind. It takes a while to figure that out. Yeah, uh, it does. When you start figuring out, you know, I used to make, make a joke about it every once in a while that, you know, um, um, there's this there's this term, SKUs, S-K-U-S, yep. and it, it, it stands for shopkeeping unit. So if you have so many uh, gadgets and so many different colors and so many different sizes, those are your SKUs, and... But as veterinarians, that's what we sold was our, our SKUs were what we knew. Mm-hmm. And so the more you knew, the more you had to sell. So we, we even talked about getting out of vet school. We had about enough to open a bait shop. But after you get out for a while, then you could you could, uh, um, you could could start your own Cabela's because you've... Have enough SKUs. Yeah, you have a lot more SKUs, so you have a lot more to sell. All right. So what I want to talk about for this one is actually uh, something that happened to me probably last week or so. So. Sure. I'm sitting at home eating a chocolate bar. And by the way, something happens to you every week. And I it get does. A call. I know, and so I'm like, hey, Dad, I need uh, help okay, with my dogs. Let's, put it, let's reference this. Okay, very good. So sitting at the table eating a chocolate bar. I put the chocolate bar on the counter, walk away, come back. The dog ate the rest of the chocolate bar. And obviously in my mind, I think dogs are super, it's to- toxic to dogs to eat sure, chocolate. Sure, sure. So I call you in a panic. And the first thing you say is, what kind of chocolate bar was it, Molly? And I say Hershey's. <laughs> and you said? It's milk chocolate. I'm like, what does that mean? It means there's a lot of milk in it. So he asked me to look up how much chocolate is in a Hershey's chocolate bar. Any, ben, you want to take a guess? Probably not very much. Well, I did not know that. 11%. Yeah. And, and if it's white chocolate, there's damn near nothing. So? So, so the, the stuff that would be poisonous to your dog is if you're eating that baker's, that kind of bitter chocolate, which is 
old European chocolate. Which we looked up as like 80% yeah, chocolate. Yeah, 70, 80, 70 80%, yeah. yeah. And so that's the problem. There's theobromine in there, and it can cause problems. But they have to eat a ton of it to really... Uh, they'll get diarrhea sometimes when they eat a lot of it, but, but to actually cause that situation where they can't um, oxygenate their blood. That's, I know. That's and I relied on Dr. Google, where I Google, is chocolate bad for dogs? And I got a million different, sure. oh my God, your dog's going to die if it eats chocolate. So like, no. Dr. Pete, how much is actually too much for a dog to eat? Like, if they're eating your whole ba- Easter basket full of chocolate, is that is that the problem? Or wh- where is that number? Well, at? I would think if it's baker's chocolate, if it ate 1% of it, of his body weight, that would make him pretty sick. But uh, milk chocolate, you know, I'm not sure how much milk chocolate. And if he had a 50-pound dog, could he eat 12 pounds? Probably can't physically eat 12 pounds, but he'd, he'd have to eat some enough to probably make him, if he ate enough to make himself full, that might be enough to make him sick, but he'd have to eat an awful lot of it. And yeah. most people don't buy, unless you're some somebody who buys these great big gigantic sticks of chocolate. You've seen those that people give each other for Christmas sometimes. So most generally it's in such a small amount that it's not going to be a problem. Yeah. So I did not know that. I And it affects the dog's metabolic process, right? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. affects your, it affects, it's theobromine and it really affects your ability to oxygenate your red cells. So that's the problem. So I took the liberty of going online and printing out a whole list of things that dogs cannot have and what your thoughts were on them. Sure. So the next one is avocados because it has a fatty acid chain called persin. Yep. Which is toxic to your dog in large quantities. It is. You know, and we don't get very many dogs who want to eat that stuff. I mean, that's the good thing about that. Chocolate is a bad thing because it tastes good. You know, um, you know, we've we talked a little bit about uh, xylitol before. They put that in all sorts of stuff like chewing gum and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a real problem because that that'll actually make the pancreas secrete too much insulin, mm-hmm. and those dogs will become hypoglycemic. So their blood sugar will drop from one twenty five all the way down to yeah. five or ten or fifteen. The brain has to have sugar, has yeah. to have sugar. Uh, every every other part of your body can uh, live without sugar, but the brain has to have sugar. Yeah. So once you drive that down, they'll go into a coma and stuff. So really, oh yeah, so. You know, yeah. I I used to tease my clients. You know, if you're, if you're, if your dog's the kind of dog like your dog that eats stuff off the table or, or table mm-hmm. service and stuff like that, and you don't know what's up there, medications, you know, certain kinds of foods, blah yeah. blah blah. You know, most dogs won't eat an onion, uh, but they might eat something that had onion, cooked onions in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Onion and, powder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you have to watch that. And I used to tell people. So if you got this idiot dog that wants to eat everything off the counter, here's what you should do. You should either get him about 150 smart pills, which there is no such thing as a smart <laughs> pill, and that's a joke. That's not a good joke. It's a joke anyway, so you have smart pills or some uh, inactivated charcoal. Have you ever seen that stuff? Yeah. It's and You can uh, buy it at Walgreens, I you think. You can, and it's and, uh uh, your house will be one hell of a mess after you, you want to go out and do it in the garage when you give it to them. Because they'll that, throw it up? Well, that'll inactivate it. No, they won't throw it up. That inactivates so that those products get inactivated by the charcoal. Really? Yeah. So that's, And you have to give it instantly? Uh, you have to give it. Well, that's the one nice thing. I mean, you're at least at home, and uh, you have the opportunity to do that. And, you know, if you're going to come into our office and then have to be, uh, be triaged and everything, if it's a 15 or 20-minute drive down, you can do a lot more with the inactivated charcoal. So what exactly does it, which ingredients does it inactivate? It inactivates just about everything. So Even avocados? Um, I don't know whether it would inactivate avocados, but it probably would. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure about that, but it's kind of a universal antidote for mm-hmm. stuff. And, and sometimes people come in and say, I don't know what my dog ate, but he's doing this, blah, 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 blah. And we give him charcoal. Mm-hmm. So, is the, so is the charcoal something that, you know, a, a normal dog owner should have on hand at home? If he has an idiot dog that eats everything off the counter, it might not Me. be a bad thing to have. Yeah. It might, you. It might not oh. be a bad thing to Your do. Your dog gets into the trash. Hey, we got we put a child lock on the trash can. Oh. So he can't get <laughs> in the trash anymore. He, well, he would get in there and eat the eggshells for whatever reason. That's Why? what he wants. Ew. Idiot dog. You know, that's actually, Idiot dog. <laughs> believe it or not, that's actually one of the things they put in uh, some of these joint supplements, eggshell eggshell egg liners, yeah. Well, maybe he knows more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, and there's a fair amount of calcium in those. All right. The next one I got on my list is onions and garlic, which you just brought up. But it actually says that it can kill uh, the dog's red blood cells. Yep. It doesn't really kill the red cells. It just makes them inactive for being able to transport stuff okay. for the most part. It can. It can cause, you're right, it can cause autoimmune hematic anemia. That's true. Uh, and 
and and you still see these foods that have a little bit of garlic in it, you know. But you know, should they have a little bit of garlic in it? I guess if you're not gonna if you're gonna bring the doggy bag home from an Italian restaurant, probably not. <laughs> you know, so that's probably a bad idea. So yeah, you know, this is always ask do ask do. This Rather than do ask. Do ask, yeah, do you ask. You get a lot of people that do, do ask, ask. Yeah, do ask has sort of even a, sort of a bad sound to it, do ask. Anyway, <laughs> but ask, do, ask, do. Because we get that all the time. People call and say, well, I gave this an hour ago. Is it all right? My wife says, maybe it's not all right. And I'm and I got to find out what they ate, and sometimes it isn't all right. Yeah. You know, and you're going to have to be careful. So, um, you know, we had a dog one time that, you know, I... Sharon brings, that's my wife's name, she brings his dog in and he's vomiting. He's not wanting to eat his food. And I'm like, well, he'd have to be dead not to want to eat his food. That's what I thought. And mm-hmm. uh, and quite frankly, we x-rayed him. He had a big rock in him. And I, oh, is I this River? Her, yeah, and I called yeah. her and I said, well, he's got a rock in him. I said, you know, if, you know, what's he doing there? Well, he goes out in the yard and plays with the, some of her... Her de- decoration her stones. And, and throws it up and, and catches it. I'm like, oh, my worst. You know... So what what could happen here? Let's see. He could break all his teeth out of his head, or he could swallow the rock and end up having to have an operation. Yeah, yeah. He needs the smart pills. Eventually, he got old enough and uh, stopped doing it. Yeah, he quit doing it because they don't make smart pills. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd if we had a corner on that. Uh, I think he grew his second brain cell though. Yeah. Well, I think two of the brain cells met another brain cell and yeah and and uh, what do they call it? Reproduced. Reproduced. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so, you know, this is all just common sense, folks. I mean, yeah, don't let your dog chew on rocks. For one thing, you wear your teeth down and end up having to have a lot of dental disease, or you have to make a big incision right from the xiphoid cartilage down and take the rock out of his small bowel, which I is what we did. that your wife was just said, let him have his fun out there. Yeah. He's just having fun. He's just having fun. <laughs> Playing with like, rocks. She sounds like Cindy Lauper, yeah. But... No, don't let him have fun. Don't let him do that. And mm. and just just I mean, you can get online now. I mean, in the day in the old days you had to get a, a dictionary out and, and look up stuff. You don't have to do that now. Just get online. Can I give just my dog this? Google. You know, we see people giving them giving them a leave and aspirin and all that stuff all the time. How much does your dog weigh? Twelve pounds. Oh gosh. And I they, had a friend that his dog got into aspirin and you said activated charcoal. Yeah. Because aspirin would kill a dog. Yeah. Well, it causes ulcers, and they bleed to death. They get, yeah. a, they get a bleeding ulcer. We, and I, I played basketball with a guy one time. He took a lot of aspirin before he played and after he played. And then one day he, saw, he says, well, you know, it's, am I all right? He says, I, I feel like I want to throw up, and I have really black stools. I'm like, no, you're not all right. I said, uh, we're going to play three games, but you're going to play half of one game because you're going to go to the hospital now. And oh he did. God. He went in, and they went in and, and cauterized that. That bleeding ulcer he had because Ooh. because the blood as it comes out the back is digested. So if you have red blood, that's usually out of the colon. Uh-huh. But but the black blood is the stuff that comes from the from the anterior part of the front part of the dog. You know, like you have a bleeding ulcer. And mm. what happens when it finally eats way through the stomach, and then uh, you get peritonitis and die. It's like having your appendix rupture, except at a worse place. Oh, yep. I so imagine. so you just have to use your head on this stuff. Okay. So we got a few more on the list. Grapes and raisins. Yeah, we don't know why those cause a problem, but they do. Kidney failure. We don't we don't know the pathophysiology. We don't know the reason that that happens. We don't understand the reason it happens. And you know, we can have one dog eat one of them and get sick, and we can have one dog eat a whole cluster of them and nothing happens. Really? Yep. Any particular reason? I don't know. No, we don't really know. That's not an answer that's that's really available. Okay. So, but I do know so much. I mean, it's... it's um, I, I think, in, and this is the problem that some of us have, is we'll suggest people, especially if they have food allergies, we suggest apples, bananas, carrots, uh, cucumbers, uh, bean, green beans, ice mm-hmm. cubes, stuff like that. And then they think, well, he's telling me I can give vegetables, and grapes are kind of a vegetable. And so they do it, and they're like, and you just have to think about it. If I said you can give these six things, those are the six things you can give. Exactly. And, and that's and that's one of the things I've always I've kind of learned to do, you know, old dogs and their tricks, but always write it down and send it home, write it down, send it home, write yeah. it down. And and you write this down and you haven't put it on the you haven't put it on the refrigerator with a magnet. Yeah. All right, this next one is not necessarily going to kill your dog, but it could make it very sick. 
milk and other dairy products, sure. which I know you hit home about with the no beef, no milk, no wheat yeah. in treats. And just so we're, we're clear, milk means whey, and butter, cheese, cheese, yogurt cups, all that stuff, ice cream bowls. Yeah. I know, know people that put yogurt in their dog's food. Yep. And if they're not allergic, if they're, if they're not, not allergic, allergic to it, it's no big deal. You go ahead and do it. Knock yourself so out. So I know for people, when you eat yogurt, it's good like... To what repopulate your bowel with yeah. organisms, yeah. So is that good for dogs? Is that same for well, dogs if they're not periods. allergic? If they weren't allergic to it and you had your dog on cephalexin or some other antibiotic for 10 days, 15 days, you want to give them yogurt to repopulate the bowel, knock yourself out. But I don't know that it's necessary. They make probiotics you can give, you know, to repopulate. To yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And that would be the that would be the thinking man's way of doing it, but you could use yogurt. But and that's but you have to remember there's when we talk about milk allergies, there's two different kinds of milk allergies. Uh, food allergies, which is the milk allergy itself, where you get ear infections and hot spots because of it. And then you have adverse food reactions where you have diarrhea, three bulbments, four bulbments a day, you vomit bile from time to time. Mm-hmm. And, and those people are lots of times, yep, every morning I have yogurt. I love yogurt. And then I eat 90% of it and then 10% of it the mm-hmm. dog gets. And then he's, and then, but my dog's a puker. And, well, your dog's a puker because he's getting something, he's having an adverse food. Re- and it isn't always have to be milk. You know, you you have to figure this out. Yeah. If this was your dog, I'd tell you this is a Molly problem. If it was your dog, Ben, I'd tell you it's a Ben problem. So <laughs> You have to fix. I'll, well, I'll tell you how to fix your Ben problem or go home and figure it out. You know, because it's usually a series of, of, uh, of um, elimination diets. And, and it doesn't happen like in a day or two. You have to feed... You have to change your program for like four weeks, and then if your dog's better, it's better. And so that's why you don't want to give treats with a lot of ingredients, because yes. then it's harder to narrow yeah. down exactly what the allergic exactly. reaction is to. And and when I see two and three and four different kinds of proteins in a treat, I'm I'm uh, You're I, out. I, well, I'm just kind of disgusted about the whole thing because these people aren't going to be able to figure this out. Mm-hmm. But uh, and and that and we have clients. I just had a client that says, well, he gives his dog a hickory stick, you know, like a little uh, beef chewy or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, he's got all sorts of staph infection on his head. And I'm like, hey, you know better than to do that. Yeah, I know mm-hmm. better than to do that. So don't do it anymore. Ben's dog is extremely sensitive to that stuff. He brought Duke into the warehouse, and I think I fed him a Cheez-It. Oh, my God. I'm blew, sorry. Blew everything up on him. He, he, need, he gets his food and water and ice cubes and a banana, a piece of a banana every morning. That's it. He came Nothing down else. and was like, did you give him one of those Cheez-Its? I was like, no. Oh, yeah. You know what the moral of the story here is? What? Two of the people on this podcast are really smart. One of them's not quite up to par. I give my dogs Cheez-Its all the time. I know you do. And if well, you don't have problems... Like Sage's favorite snacks, those spicy is. Cheez-Its. Yep. You can't she be She loves that. the spicy Cheez-Its. Yeah, but... She'll turn her nose at the Parmesan Well, then she doesn't... So she doesn't have... Or the white cheddar. She doesn't have food allergies, but you're lucky because a lot of Labradors do have food allergies. I know. Yeah. Stetson does. Yeah. Stetson... Oh, yeah, but you, you've listened to this nonsense long enough for me I know. To, to figure it out. But when she's sitting there with her little puppy dog eyes, nope, I just... I don't care. You know, oh. you know, I drank too much slow gin one time, and I don't ever do that again. So, I mean, <laughs> you got to learn your lesson. Well, she keeps you, coming back for the you cheeses. you got to learn so. your lesson. Oh, my goodness. Southern, right. Co- Southern Comfort Manhattan's. I had too many of those one day, too. And, and uh, I can't even look at that bottle in the liquor store anymore. So, so I learned my lesson. Highly trained. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one on the list is macadamia nuts. Yeah. I well, don't, it's still you know, I, it's still unknown about these nuts why they're poisonous to dogs. It is just a fact that they are. Yeah. So and I don't really know them, much about that, so I'm not very I'm not going to be very enlightening about that. So the lesson of that story is when you're eating a macadamia nut cookie, do yep, not give it yep. to your dog. Even if he has big eyes. Oh. Yeah. I can't say no to my dogs. I love my dogs. All right, next one on the list is sugary foods and drinks. You know, I don't know that there's sugary drinks. What are we talking about here? Like sugar cookies, anything with processed sugars. Well, it's sure. probably got something else in there. Well, it's got too. butter in yeah, it. It's got butter, butter in it, yeah. It says it leads to weight gain, Flour. tooth is decay, there, and diabetes. In, yeah, what well, doesn't lead to diabetes? You know, that's kind diabetes. of an old... Diabetes. That's, that's diabetes mellitus. That's sort of an... That's sort of a... I don't think this this must be on Dr. Google, but I don't really think this that's is on it. Dr. Google. So, yeah, so, yeah. You Dr. Know, Google full poo poo sometimes, okay? I know. Yep. How do you know if a dog has diabetes? You can tell just by its blood work. You know, the easiest way to do it is to get a urine sample and uh, and put it on a dipstick, and the sugar will show up on the dipstick. See, I just, 
You can, you can do a to, blood sample. A dog has to be overweight to have diabetes, right? Well, let me show you the cheap. Let me let me tell you the most obvious way to do this. So if your dog has diabetes mellitus, it's urinating all the time. And a lot of times they'll urinate in the kitchen. You clean it up and you walk through it and it's sticky. Really? Even though, even though you cleaned it up and your shoes stick to the floor, it's like, oh my gosh, mm. my dog's got diabetes mellitus. You're you're leaking urine. You're leaking sugar into your urine. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, caffeine. Is the next on yep. the list. Yep, that's no pretty obvious. No caffeine for dogs. Nope. Um, yeast dough. If eaten raw, it can ri- rise and ferment in your dog's stomach. That's possible. We actually have a little bit of yeast in some of our foods, but not enough to make it do that. So. Yeah. I think that this is mainly like don't feed your dog sourdough starter. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if you're going to do that, I'll tell you what you wouldn't want to do is give them something like rising bread to eat. And yeah. then give him a couple of bottles of beer to go with it afterwards, and that would really, that would make a mess <laughs> out of your dog. But I, I know it's hard to believe anybody would do that, but it's not hard to believe anybody would do that. So that's fair. People do sort all sorts of stuff that where a veterinarian looks at him and goes, he or she goes, "What in the hell were you thinking when you did that? Why did you do that? You know, you're not supposed to say that to clients because they're going to pay you. But what in the <laughs> hell were you, th- what in the hell were you thinking? At some point in time, if they do enough odd things. You, you have to advise them not to do any more odd things. Let's yeah. just let's just. Why don't we get you? I think that why don't we when, get you a little dog Bible and you can read a few verses and do what's supposed to happen in there. When I shadowed you, I don't know if you remember this. When I thought I wanted to be a vet when I was younger, you said to a client one time because they they said something dumb off the. Cusp. I hate to have you say this, but go ahead. <laughs> you told them about how the dog needs smart pills, and I remember before you walked out of the room, you go, "Sounds like you need smart pills too." Yeah. <laughs> And I don't think he got it. He didn't? Oh, well. No. Oh, well. Because he acted, okay, Doc, I'll be sure to do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then last but not least, salt is on the list. Yep. Well, you, we know about that. I mean, anybody who's watched any of these World War II movies where they get caught in the dinghy in the middle of the ocean and they finally start drinking salty water um, causes dehydration and death usually. Yeah. Yep. Goner. Yep. So if a dog, how much salt would it take to like poison? You know, a dog? I really couldn't tell you, but it wouldn't take. I mean, it wouldn't take a quarter of his body weight or anything. You just have to have some salt. You know what? I actually just saw a TikTok video, and I want you to tell me what your thoughts were on this. This is how TikTok listens to me when I'm because I'm googling this stuff via voice transfer or whatever. And this lady on TikTok was seasoning her dog's food bowl with salt. She put like a bunch of like tuna and I mean, everything in this bowl was super salty with the tuna and she put some sardines in there. No, 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 you shouldn't. I mean, I mean, they have a lot of salt in them. I mean, if you want to, you can have a real salty pizza and, and then when they start putting those anchovies and all that other stuff in there, I mean, most of that stuff is, yeah, she was saying like laden with salt. She was saying, I put the tuna in there and the anchovies to give the dog, um, more, um, Oil in its diet, omega threes and sixes. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I understand the concept of, but I was like, man, that that has to be really salty. Well, and then, then she added the, salt to the top of it to season it. She said for the dog, and then she said, my dog doesn't drink enough water. I add salt to the to my dog's food to get it to drink more water. So I got a question about the salt then. So like you know we're here in Michigan, so wintertime a lot of rock salt gets thrown out on sidewalks and everything like that. I mean, yeah, they don't lick their feet very often. They're no. licking just enough to get it off. Yeah. So nothing to worry about. No, sense, not then. usually. By the time they walk in, you know, they Wait, had, I buy the ex- expensive type. Well, that's what the I was going to ask. Salt <laughs> free. Yeah, the pet, the pet, the pet, pet so, friendly, so the pet stuff, friendly yeah. stuff really isn't necessary then if your dog's not out there licking the driveway. Well, let's just say this. You know, I don't think I've ever had a client come in that uh, where they said this dog was really fastidious about licking his feet that I thought had... Uh, uh, and we do the blood work, so you got your electrolytes in there, your sodium and your chloride, and if you had salt poisoning, that would show up there. Okay. And I don't ever see that. So I'd have to just speak from experience. I just don't think that's a thing. That's fair. All right, we're going to go into our next segment, which is Label Lies, which is where I go online and find an anonymous pet food or pet treat... And I read you the label and you tell me what you do or do not like about it. You ready? Yep. This one is a popular treat from a well-known pet food company. Uh, The first ingredient is peanut butter, potatoes, wheat flour, cane molasses, glycerin, peanuts, chicken fat, bananas, peas, pork gelatin, 
natural flavors, dried skim milk. Okay, so we know that causes we know that causes food allergy, dried uh, skim Not, milk. Yeah, citric so let's, acid. Let's let's start all the way at the top again. Well, you, you want me to go? You want me to finish the it? very first one? Peanut butter. I'm fine with that, although it's it's a little bit salty also. But uh, peanut butter's fine, and uh, a lot of treats have peanut butter in, and most dogs don't have peanut allergies. It's not to say they all that there isn't any dog that doesn't have a peanut allergy, but most of them don't. Next, okay. next ingredient. Well, I have a question about peanut butter actually. While we're on the topic, someone told me that in certain peanut butters there is an ingredient that it is can not... be xylitol in some peanut butter. So you got to make oh. sure there's no xylitol. But you didn't say xylitol, so it's no. Not I'm just a... reading. I just had yep. a question because okay. I, well, I give my dog right. peanut butters all the time. Well, only an idiot would make a, a a dog treat out of it with xylitol peanut butter in there. But there's <clears throat> but there's people that don't take smart pills, so you could have that happen. <laughs> but it'd be unusual. Okay, potatoes. Next that's, ingredient. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's a good starchy thing. Um, you know, you wouldn't want just potatoes in it because then that would make it a grain-free treat. I don't need to have grain-free treats. But I think the second thing is wheat flour, right? Wheat flour. Yeah, so wheat, wheat can be something that dogs are commonly allergic to. So probably wouldn't use a treat. If I, th- if I was worried about food allergies, I probably wouldn't use that treat. Okay, cane molasses. It's fine, but not much problem there. Glycerin. Not much problem there. Peanuts. Well, we're already talking about peanuts. It's a protein source. Chicken fat. Yeah, let's talk about chicken fat. I mean, a lot of people say, well, my dog's allergic to chicken, so there's chicken fat in there. Isn't it only the protein? It's only the protein. You're exactly right. So the fat. So so when your dog's allergic to something, it's only the protein portion of it that they're allergic to. Mm-hmm. If your dog has environmental allergies like uh, dust or pollen, guess what they're made out of? Protein. So that's why you're allergic to them. Um, if your dog, so really, the chicken fat is fine to have in dog foods. I, I I don't have any problem with that. And you can virtually, unless it's unless it's not very pure chicken fat, you're not going to be allergic to it. Okay. Next on the list is bananas. They're fine. Great. Peas. Yep. Pork gelatin. Pork gelatin. Actually, it says technical pork gelatin. I, and don't, I don't know what technical pork gelatin is. Ben, so I'd have idea? to look that up. No. Not well, sure I'll what pass. that would be. I'll pass on that. Uh, natural flavors. Yeah. It's mostly no. preservative there. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yep. Dried skim milk. Nope. Citric I mean, acid. I wouldn't do it. I mean, if your dog wasn't allergic to milk, it's fine. Why skim milk, though? Well, I don't know why. Because you know what? They, they, they're writing these things. Here's what they're doing. They're trying to make the dog lose weight. No, and I don't think so. I think they're just writing this for what... So they know people. There's a lot of people... That when they go out, if they like milk and they ordered it at a restaurant or something, they'll ask for skim milk. So, the, so for the health nuts, they think, well, they're going to order skim milk. The, the health nuts will order skim milk for their dog in the in the biscuit. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's like they think it transfers over. Yeah, yeah. Is there that much of a difference between skim milk and regular milk? Well, it's, there's no fat in skim milk. That's oh. the only thing that's taken out. It's the fat. I am dairy free, so I would not yep, know. Yep, yep, yep. All right, citric acid. Probably fine. Lactic acid. Probably fine. Mixed tocopherols. Yeah, they're... <laughs> ben can never say that. I cannot. It's not my word to say. Preservative. And it says for freshness. Yep. yep. And that's the end. That's yep. the, that's the See, full treat. I, to me, there's a lot of stuff in there. I'd probably, you know, if, if we're making treats, you know, I'd probably want to dumb it down as far as I could. Because if you... If you're going to be, if you're going to have an adverse food reaction when you start feeding a treat, you're never going to know exactly what it was because there were 15 things in that diet. Right. So if you if you dumb it down to five, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Sometimes when I go and look at other dog foods, just reading the ingredient list, I mean, some of them go on for ever. Ever. They have four or five different proteins. Why mm-hmm. are you putting four or five different proteins in a in a dog food? Why are you putting four or five different? Because proteins? sometimes when you go to the Chinese buffet, you're not going to just have one protein. Yeah. Well. So p- people do have food allergies also, but quite frankly, with people, it tends to be to things like milk and, you know, like milk chocolate mm-hmm. and peanuts. Peanuts tend to be, I don't know of anybody hardly that's very allergic to beef or pork or chicken, you know. No, I and, don't either. And so we just don't see that. But I will tell you, the, the people world is just like the, the dog world. So when you take your kid to kindergarten and first day of kindergarten, they walk in and say, well... Uh, September 15th is going to be your day to bring treats, but they can't have peanuts or chocolate in them or milk or whatever. And so so I don't know what you're going to give those kids, uh, a, a bowl full of cherries or something. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, 
So you, but some pediatrician already figured out what that kid was allergic to before he started school. Yeah. And, and that's the way it is with veterinary medicine. Most of us have figured out when, when this dog starts to have problems. And they can have it as early as uh, 13, 14 weeks. We, we've done uh, ear studies. And I remember one year we did them and we had two dogs that were 12 weeks of, old, uh, 12 weeks of age. And, that's, and they developed, they had food allergies. They're, they're that part, early on? Yeah. Well, and, that's, yeah that's, and that was actually the minimum they could be, but they were like, 13, 14 weeks. I was going to say, any dog had, that I've had that had food allergies, it's not until they're like a year. Yeah, well, that's the more popular thing. But you know what two words we don't use in veterinary medicine? Always and, and never. never. Yep, so we don't use those words because they make us look stupid. And then we need start smart bills. So that's yeah. so you don't use always or never. Well, there you have it. Well, that's uh, about it for us today, Dr. Pete, if you okay. want to... Well, let's get a little outro music, of okay? Of course. Okay. Thank you, Ben, for joining us today. Okay. We sure appreciate you guys listening uh, along with us today. And uh, we hope you've been able to share some information with you that will help you with your animals as much as uh, make, make them love you as much as uh, you love them. So don't forget, always uh, treat the treatable and prevent the preventable. We'll catch you at our next podcast. Thank Unless you. Unless you're me. I'm going to go home and feed my dogs Cheez-Its. <laughs> Ben's going to go home and let his dog get into the trash. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have smart pills, uh, so. Don't cross any yellow lines on the way home either, okay? <laughs> okay, I okay. won't. Very good. Thanks, guys. Yeah, bye-bye.